So we continue on the way now. So if I bet, I haven't done all these sefim, as you know, I have skipped a number. My assumption is, if this interests you, you will you will make it up yourself. A person is called a world. Everything in the world is inside a man. Let's just think about that for a moment. Everything, a man is considered a world. Take you back, those of you who were there with me, um, to the Warsaw Cemetery. Uh, a lot of MTA weren't there with me. Could be that Jeremy uh, spoke about it as well. Um, but uh, at the entrance to the Warsaw Cemetery, I, I speak about, uh, I've already mentioned it in one reference, I'm going to mention it in a different reference now, Beit Olamo, that a person has a, a world. If you remember, uh, if you don't know the Mishnah from Shas, you might know it from Schindler's List. Right at the end of Schindler's List, Schindler is given a ring, which is a true story. He actually lost the ring and they gave him another ring. Uh, and the ring quotes a Mishnah in Sanhedrin. And the Mishnah in Sanhedrin says, he who saves one life, it is as if he saved the world. Now the Peshat there, uh, it comes from the Gemara, right, as well. The explanation of the Gemara, of course, is because the world was made from one person, Adam Arishon was the very first, and therefore a whole world can be created from one man. So if you kill one man, uh, you've killed the potential of a whole world, and at the end of that film, if you remember, uh, the whole, the, the genius of Spielberg in teaching a Mishnah to Kol HaOlam Kulo is he shows that there were, I think, 10,000 uh, uh, 10, offspring from those survivors from Schindler's List, maybe more, more, more offspring than Jews that live in Poland today. I think that's the point he wants to make. But the real point he wants to make is he saved lives and those lives brought other lives. Just imagine how many uh, Jews there would be in the world if we weren't missing six million uh, but I, I want to add, not mutually, ex- mu- not mutually exclusive at all, I want to add a different understanding, which you probably remember once I tell you. Uh, my different under- understanding is that every single person is an olam. Every person is an olam. You know, you know that when someone near and dear to you passes away. You know that when that person passes away to most people doing a chesed and coming to the funeral, a person died, it was an old man, an old woman, they just died, Bezrat Hashem, they just died, and uh, they hear a few stories for Gamalno. But of course, it's not just an old man or an old woman, that old man was once a little baby, and that little baby once went to Gun, and then once went to school, did good things, did bad things, got report cards, uh, was an adolescent, had girlfriends or had boyfriends, if depending, boy, girl, whatever, and uh, and did Bagriot and then went to university and had jobs and had successes and had failures, got married, had kids, had grandchildren. It's a whole world. Uh, sometimes I think perhaps because uh, uh, as boys at least we watch too much television and, um, you know, they shoot people in television like, like, uh, like it's... Uh, bang, bang, and people are dead and everyone's lying on the floor, it's finished and, and one gets used to the concept of it's just a life and, and then we, we deal with lives um, 
in quantity and not quality. So we're more shocked by quantity and not by and not by uh, individuals. So if 20 people get killed in a tragedy, it shocks us more than one person, even though one person should shock us equally. Uh, we're all a world, and um, there are lots of worlds within worlds in the existence that we're in. If I can refer you to something else, uh, dissimilar to what I've just said, but but similar to this other theme, that there are worlds within worlds. Uh, I have often said to people, I actually really believe this, as someone who's been involved in a midrashah for 30 years, uh, that the experiences in a midrashah, in that small, closed society of a midrashah, are, are similar to the experiences of life. Right, the, the, the successes, the failures, the social dynamics, the, the challenges one has. It's, it's a little year of life where, with ups and downs, ins and outs, failures and successes. And our reaction and the way we deal with that year it often helps us develop uh, into our future life. Very few times in my 30 years in the Midrashah has a parent written me, they have, but very few times has a parent written me at the end of the year um, thanking me about the Limud Torah. Uh, very many times parents have written to me with, with this statement or a paraphrase of this statement, which is, I sent you a, a little child and I got back an adult. And that's because why? Because as students, the students have been through certain things, experienced certain things, and they have grown up. Many Israeli children are, are by definition, very grown up because of the way they have to live their lives and because of the army service that they have to do and the experiences that they have. So we shouldn't just look at the world as a world. Each person is a world. Sorry to have elaborated on that, but let's go back now. Adam nikra olam katan. A person is called a small world. So this again is referring to what we said yesterday, right? This Paro and Moshe inside of an, a person, it's Yaakov and Esau inside of a person, it's Kain and Hevel inside of a person. And these are the examples I've thought of. Um, I'm sure you can think of many others, you know, the Yaakov and Lavan inside of a person, the, the honesty and the deceit inside of a person, and so on and so forth. The Yosef Echav inside of a person, the dreamer and the non-dreamer. The Shimon and Levi inside of a person. So many of these things. Everything in the world a person has. Which means that any evil that we see in the world is inside of us as well. But it's not always in the same dosage. Gadol benefesh adam. There are there are kochot that that, that uh, are enormous in a person. Yes, kochot shikulim muat benefesh adam, and some which are less obvious in a person. Ulam mikol makom leolam kol koach vekoach shekayam baolam kaim af benefesh adam. Any power of any kind that exists in the world exists inside the soul of a man. Rav Yerucham mimir zat sal hit bater pam shebetoch nafsho shel haadam. Yesh gan chayot shalem. Rabbi Yerucham, the mashkiach of the Mir, Zatzal, said once that uh, inside the soul of a man there is a zoo. Ari, there is a, there is a lion. The courage of a lion. There is a, a shore. The strength of the ox. There is a nachash. There is the deceit of a serpent. At the moment, we're not going to delve into the hidden powers inside the soul of a man. Just what we've mentioned already. 
כוח בנפשו שחש שהוא עושה את עצמו, שהוא עשה את עצמו. It's what we referred to yesterday. We have this feeling inside of us that we made ourselves. That we take the credit. הרי לא רחוק מכך אנו רואים בדורות האחרונים, not too distant past, ואף בדורנו אנו, and even in our generation, רחמנא ליצלן, אנשים שסבורים שהם נבראו מעצמם, people who think that they made themselves. והמרחק בין לסבור שנברא מעצמו, and the distance between someone who thinks that he created himself, לבין לסבור שברא את עצמו, to, to the one who thinks that he created himself, sorry, that he created from himself, to the one who thinks he created himself, אינו רחוק כל כך. And שניהם שטות גדולה מאוד, both of them are, are um, nonsense. I just have to repeat this because I missed the nuance, so maybe you missed it as well. He, he's talking about two mistakes here. was created from himself to the one who says he created himself are both mistaken. Both of these exist within us. I'm not sure what the difference between the two really is. Each of us thinks that we either created ourselves or were created from ourselves. These are not obvious by the believer. So we think we don't have to... Uh, not every one of our weaknesses is so obvious to us. And if a weakness isn't obvious, we don't see the necessity to deal with it. As in physical health, when we find ourselves in a serious predicament and our body is very, very forcefully telling us things, we react. But when there is hidden illness within us and we don't know about it, we don't react. And we skip past this. And we work on more advanced issues. But this is a fundamental problem. Even when a believer doesn't have these overt thoughts, in the depths of our soul, they're there. And if you don't work on these things, this deep down belief that you created yourself, or were created from yourself, if you skip past this struggle, you leave an empty area. And if you leave this place empty, there'll be a lack of foundation and it'll be hard to build yourself up. And therefore, if we're going to be thorough, we cannot skip any process. This is inherent within the Silat Isharim. He says it overtly on numerous occasions that you have to go step by step. If you skip steps, you're going to fall off the ladder. If you don't build the proper foundations to your house, your house will fall down. Even the most simple process, I don't need to work on this. There is no area you don't need to work for. The root of the uh, failings 
that we recognize later, Labashal Choser Ebuda Chushit, Pashkacha Pratid Vachadobe, or lack of ability to believe in providence, going back to the first of these Shiurim, where I spoke about the difference between belief in creation and belief in providence, where the belief in creation is uh, much more simple for reasons we spent a lot of time discussing this year uh, in the last few in the last few weeks. Um, the, the idea of creation is much easier for people to accept and internalize and the idea that God is watching us and is is taking a a vested interest in each and every one of us. The problem isn't the the idea of providence. But the root of them the lack of real belief that not only did God create the world, he created me, I did not create myself, he created me. So in theory we know it. But deep down we don't behave that way. We, we're not behaving. If we really knew it, our behavior would be different. If we were aware of God's presence, our entire being would be different. I, I've... You know, I've tried to do this for myself and I've tried to teach this to students in the past. Imagine that you are curviachol on your own in your house, in your apartment, and you do whatever you do when you're alone. Imagine that someone who you really respect is in the room with you and then ask yourself the question, would you be doing this if they were really sitting there? I used to do this with the thought of Rav Lichtenstein. If I'm doing something and Rav Nikhushi was sitting right next to me and in my office there's a picture of Rav Nikhushi and Rav Amitav looking at me in my study at home, there's a picture of Rav Nikhushi looking at me. But imagine if he was really in my room. Whenever Rav Nikhushi ever came or I came within four amot of him or he was within four amot of me for whatever reason, my entire behavior changed. So if I was deep down in my in my subconscious aware that God is with me all the time, I would be a different person. And so there is a difference, as we've said time and again, uh, laboured the fact, perhaps even, there is a difference between uh, knowing something in theory and reality. So, so now it's not just that God created the world, but that he created me. He created me. doesn't matter how old you are. If you've already worked on some of these things, you could go on. But if not, you have to go back to the beginning. And... Thorough in our work on on basic roots. Kol adam sheavod b'tsurazo b'ofer halachon yagish miyad lachash yusabi lovochem ulab shutab sura chayav b'chitu v'rash chelak domin akshayim shalahem who haya muda kodem lachen neelmu or lefachot nechleshu. And if a person really does this, some of his issues, some of the things that bother him, will simply drop away. V'cholzo b'shum shekozman she. As long as this this clarity of faith is not shining in the soul of the Oved Hashem, we are sitting in darkness.
So now we're going to go to Seif Aivav. We'll do one more Seif for today. Maybe two. Bereshit barai lokim et ha-shavai v'darez. Ha-chaf Yitzchayim z'asar. V'chof Yitzchayim said, B'chol pav sh'aya bagish chusha. Whenever he felt a certain weakness, kol shehi baruch haliyot in his religiosity, dalko ha'ita l'achzov l'ilmod al yemei ba'asem rishit. He would go and learn about the days of creation. V'lilmod mitoch ha-chuma she'et sidrei u'pratei ba'asem rishit. And he would read the first few prakim of Bereshit. Limud b'tzura shel pshitun kumura. Very basic limud. Was, was lacking in understanding of who created the world? Was he uh, in doubt of this? Absolutely not. But to explain his intention in this exercise, when a person feels. Uh, 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 lacks in his Torah learning, the Shadrim, and other areas of religiosity. But it goes all the way down to, to Emunah. This reminds me, as it happens, of a, uh, of what I what I saw in Sefer Atania many years ago. But the Balatanya says that you, you can't, and I know that people say this is so heavy and why we have to look, but what can I say? Life is heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. Life is intense. You have to think all the time. We were given a, a brain to think with and to, to thrash things out, not just uh, computer algorithms and uh, various mathematical issues, but life, to figure out life, and, and particularly our life. And, and the Sefer Atanya says, you know, you commit a sin, you do it up there. Uh, so the essence of the Avera is essentially uh, Mered Ba'Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's a rebellion against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So you're thinking, what, what in heaven's name? You know, I don't know. I, 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 I did a certain issue because I was a bit lax for a moment. And now you're saying but it's, a, it's a lack in my belief of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this, the Bilbavi seems to be absolutely consolidating that fact here. Because if my belief was absolute and total, I wouldn't think once, not twice not at all, about doing something that is against uh, the halacha. And this leads me to a, a phenomenon that I see today, which I cannot figure out, and I don't want to mezalzel uh, because I'm pleased that it exists, at least to a degree. But um, I cannot actually figure it out. And uh, that is that we have this brand of Yiddishkeit today, certainly in Israel. I'm not sure that it exists so much in America, uh, South Africa, England, Australia, or Canada, or wherever you're listening. Uh, but, but it's certainly very, very popular in Israel. We have a whole group of chevra. Uh, we look at the women, for example. They all cover their hair, um, and they're walking around in, in tight jeans. And, uh, and they're very, very religious, meaning they're, they're not watching movies or going to parties. They, they're religious, but they're not dressed in, in accordance to the halacha. We have boys who will have incredible religious expression during Kabbalat Shabbat, a Kalibach Kabbalat Shabbat, and they'll dance around the shul, and they'll, they'll get excited by, by their religiosity, and they'll sing, and that, you know as well, they'll teach, and so on and so forth. And when it comes to Mariv, they'll all go outside again. They won't be there for Baruch Hu, or they won't get up in the morning in time for Kriyat Shema. They might turn up in shul, they might not. If they do turn up, they'll turn up late. And if you ask these people, are you from? And they'll say, yes, yes, we're from. 
And uh, it's a whole different... This isn't obviously the Haredi world or the Hasidic world. It's a tofa'a. It's a, uh, it's a certain uh, reality that exists in the religious Zionist uh, Yeshuv, and maybe non-Yeshuv world, where Hevra are still very, very identifying with uh, Judaism, with Eretz Israel, with the Medina, and, 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 and with the spiritual side of Judaism, uh, but also with the Halakha. They found the Halakha to be very, very tedious. And this is, of course... Um, a problem, because the halakha is what God told us what to do. He told us to do and not to do. It's not negotiable. There are certain things that there are machlokot about, there are certain things that there are differences of opinions, that different hashkafas emphasize different things, but sachako, we have the shulchanarach, we have the ramah, and we have the achronim who have developed the yesodot of the shulchanarach and the ramah uh, in accordance with various uh, developments in, in our society today. Uh, but um, the halach is a halach, and uh, and uh, we have to keep the halach. Like the Sefer Atani says, you don't keep the halach, what do you mean? Like Rebbe Nachman in Breslev also says, you have to keep the halach. I don't think Rebbe Nachman in Breslev would have been so happy with Hebra, who, who expressed their chasidus just by standing up and down on vats uh, and jumping up and down if they are not keeping the halacha. Kalakavachamura, the lenient and the strict together. And this is... Uh, a real issue that we're dealing with today. Uh, people are seeing Judaism perhaps in a holy, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, in a whole uh, experience, but, but they are omitting from that experience halachic requirement. Uh, Halach is what God told us we have to do, so we have to do it. It's not always easy. It's not always, it's not always simple. As we enter the nine days and we enter... The restrictions of the nine days, they're restrictions. And people tell me, you know, looking for heterium here, heterium there. I know I don't do it, I don't run camps, it's not, uh, therefore I'm not beshetach, and therefore I, I talk theoretically and, and in no way uh, critiquing or whatever. But, but I always felt when I was in B'nai Kiva, you know, three weeks is a three weeks, and then you keep the halacha. And you don't find hetari for chinuch. The chinuch is to do what you have to do within the boundaries of the three weeks. So if you can't play music, you don't play music. You don't look for heter how to play music. And if you can't go in the swimming pool in the nine days, you don't go in the swimming pool in the nine days. You don't pretend, no, I need it for exercise. When everyone knows you're not doing exercise, you're jumping and splashing in the pool. That's not exercise. So who are you kidding? You're kidding at Kodesh Baruch, you're kidding at Shulchan Aruch. Who are you kidding? If you need to shower in the nine days because you're dirty or because you don't smell good and so on and so forth, that's not even a question. But uh, having fun in the swimming pool during the nine days is, of course, also. So either we don't have camp during that period, or if we're going to have camp during that period, we work out a way to do it in accordance with the halacha. But what message are we sending our students when we say to them, um, for chinuch this is mutter, or in other circles, for chinuch you're allowed to cheat the government, for chinuch you're allowed to cheat with money, for chinuch you can do this, that can't be chinuch. If, if the chinuch is, you can break the halacha to do what I want to do. So what kind of chinuch am I giving? Again, I offer it as a thought from someone who is in Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh, in Gush Etzion, Irak Kodesh, and I'm not involved in camps, and I understand the difficulties, and I'm not coming to critique. I'm, I'm suggesting something to think about. It's much more challenging, right, for an educator to think in the nine days, well, how am I going to keep to the laws of the nine days and run a camp? It's an enormous challenge specifically, and this also has to be taken into account, and that's the yesod of the heter, of uh, of a three day age to the tenua of the assurance to have mixed groups, uh, you have to take into account who the kids are, 
And Ezek Zerot, the kids can stand by, because not all the kids are able to... Uh, not all the kids are able to... Um, to... Uh, to take on these halachic requirements. It's very masubach practically, but I'm talking about me and you. You don't need to go in the pool, and I don't need to go in the pool, right? And uh, it's the halacha, so I can't be wholly into a, a tish and singing till two o'clock in the morning and closing my eyes and then going crazy in the Ilan Yom Kippur when it comes to the halacha. Five minutes later, the halacha doesn't stand because the halacha is what God says. The halacha is our belief. We believe in the Shulchan Aruch, even if God didn't write the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch is based on God's Torah. And it's based on, uh, and therefore, if, if I'm not keeping the halacha, if I'm picking and choosing in the world of halacha, it is a pagam in my emuna. That's what Sefer Atanya says. It's a pagam in my emuna. There's something wrong with my emuna. So these are thoughts uh, a bit more challenging for today. Um, have a good day.